يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا O you who have believed إِذَا قِيلَ لَكُمْ When you are told تَفَسَّحُوا Space yourselves فِي الْمَجَالِسِ In gatherings, in assemblies Then what should you do? فَفْسَحُوا Then make space And what will happen when you make space for others? يَفْسَحِ اللَّهُ لَكُمْ Allah will make space for you. Now here in this ayah, we are being taught another important lesson with regards to gatherings. Earlier we were told about najwa. That in a gathering or when you are in a public space, be considerate of the private conversations that you hold. Be considerate. And here, be considerate of people in another way also that make space for them. Make room for them. Don't just think about yourself. Think about others also. So here, يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا إِذَا قِيلَ لَكُمْ تَفَسَّحُوا فِي الْمَجَالِسِ When you were told, تَفَسَّحُوا فِي الْمَجَالِسِ تَفَسَّحُوا from تَفَسُّحْ فَسِينْحَ And تَفَسُّحْ means تَوَسُّعْ 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 from وُسْعَ What does وُسْعَ mean? When something is vast. So tawassur is to make something wide. To make something spacious. So tafassuh is to make a place spacious. How do you do that? By stretching out the room? Yeah? How do you do that? How do you make space? By gathering yourself up. You understand? Like for example... If you are sitting on a couch, let's say you're sitting five inches away from the side. Alright? And because of that reason, there's room for only one more person on your other side. Now there come two people. So what should you do? The fasahu fil majalis, make space for them. How? By moving over. You were sitting so comfortably, now squeeze yourself up a little bit. Occupy less space so that there is more space for others. This is tafassur. So Allah says that when you are asked, when someone requests you, or when someone instructs you, because it could be a request or an instruction, that you are asked to make space for someone, fil majalis, in gatherings, majalis, plural of majlis, gathering or an assembly, then what should you do? Fafsahu, then make space. How? How? We just discussed it. By gathering yourself up. And when you will do that, you were sitting very comfortably before, and now you're sitting a little uncomfortably. What will happen? Yafsahillahu lakum. Allah will make space for you. What does it mean? Allah will provide you space. You make room for others. Allah will make room for you. When you take care of others, then Allah will take care of you. When you are considerate of others, then Allah will fulfill your needs. Now many times it happens that whenever there is a group of people sitting together, or even standing together, let's say in a bus, in an airplane, or in a classroom, in a living room, wherever it may be, at a social event, alright, when people are together, and as more people come in, generally what happens? 
we begin to feel concerned for ourselves. That I must get the best seat. Alright? And you know what? To be on the safe side, let me just put my bag on the seat next to mine, that nobody else will come and sit there. Alright? Occupy as much space as possible for myself, so I can be relaxed, and I can be comfortable. What is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala telling us over here? Make room for others. Don't just think about yourself, think about others also. Typically, what is our way? Really, if you think about it honestly, what is our way? That if we could take other people's space, we would take it. Right? I mean, generally in parking lots, right, there are spots that are reserved for certain individuals. Like for example, for people with disabilities, right? And sometimes people are very nice that they will hold certain spots for mothers or families with younger children, right? And alhamdulillah, I'm privileged to, you know, have that right to park in such a spot. But so often I find that these spots are filled with cars in which there are no car seats. No car seats. Right? And who do I see walking out of the cars? You know, a man or sometimes people with older children or people who don't really need to park there. Just because that spot is closer to the store, right? There's less walking. We will go occupy that. Sometimes people will even park in spots which are reserved for people with disabilities. Right? Or they will park in the imam spot. Right? Why do we do this? Because we become selfish. We want to look out for ourselves. We want to take care of ourselves. What is Allah teaching us here? You take care of others, Allah will take care of you. You be considerate of others and Allah will preserve you. Allah will look after your needs. So this is the first thing we are being taught. And you see, this is something that we encounter every single day. Because whenever we have to sit with other people, you know, in the masjid or at home, sometimes in the masjid in the month of Ramadan, what happens? Even in a restaurant, right? Always we are thinking about who? Ourselves. Ourselves. And Allah is teaching us over here to think about who? Other people. Be considerate. So yafsahillahu lakum. Make room for others in your heart and Allah will provide you space. You see, in hadith we learned that the food of one is enough for two. Right? And this is true that the space which is for one person is many times enough for two. Right? Alhamdulillah, we don't have this problem over here in our class. It's a huge class, alhamdulillah. In fact, people have to be asked to come and fill in the spots. But I remember when I took the course, mashallah, our class was of 500 students. Alright, 500 students. And you can imagine the number of listeners that would come also. Huge class. And always full, mashallah. And it was a mission to find a spot in the front. If you wanted a spot in the front, you would have to come an hour or two before. Right? So the class started at 8 o'clock, you had to be there 7. 8 o'clock, by the way. Yes. Six days a week. Six days, alright? And we had to be there very early. And so often it would be that the rows in the front would be packed, completely packed. But honestly, those were the best days. Best days. When you were just fixed in your spot, you couldn't even move. You couldn't. It was like salah, literally. 
But it was so beautiful. The barakah and the rahmah, the sakina that was experienced in that class, in that place, was very unique. So, yabsahillahu lakum. Don't worry too much about yourself. Allah will take care of you. He will provide you. And this is true with regards to majalis, gatherings. This is true with regards to food. This is true with regards to everything. When you take care of others, then Allah takes care of you. And you see it is said over here, when you are asked, when you are told, when you are requested. Because many times it happens that somebody comes and requests you. May I sit next to you? May I pray next to you? Is anybody sitting over here? Is anybody using this chair? And if we are ever asked about the empty chair, the empty spot, God forbid, what happens? We get offended. We get offended. Just yesterday I saw how somebody asked for a chair if it was being used and they were basically told in a very mean way, go away from here. I don't know what was said, but the expression on the girl's face who was refused looked very sad. I felt bad for her. You know, in a plane, this happened with me. We were trying to check in, traveling with kids, and we were trying to check in beforehand, but it wasn't possible. And with the kids, we ended up, you know, in the plane quite late. And as we came in, we saw that our seats were all scattered. So we requested somebody if they would please move somewhere else so that the kids could sit next to us, and they point blank refused. Refused. And so I didn't want to put my kids sitting next to strangers. How can you do that? In a plane. 14-hour flight. How can you do that? And subhanAllah, a lady, she got up and she helped us out. She moved her kids around because her kids were older. She moved them around and then we got to sit with the kids. So this is not something that we should feel threatened by. If somebody is requesting us, may I park here or may I sit here? Or would you mind if I requested you to move from here to there so that things could be easy for me? Don't feel threatened over there. Don't feel threatened. Don't get offended. إِذَا قِيلَ لَكُمْ تَفَسَّحُوا فِي الْمَجَالِسِ فَافْسَحُوا Make space for others. Allah will take care of you. Secondly, another thing we are taught over here, وَإِذَا قِيلَ And when it is said, أُنْشُزُوا Arise. نُنْشِين زَاي نَشَزَ To rise. So when you are asked, get up as in, get up and move somewhere else please. Or you are asked to get up as in, now time to go. The party is over. Now everybody please make your way home. وَإِذَا قِيلَ unchuzu, Then don't get offended over there. فَنْشُزُ Then rise and get up and leave or move. Don't get offended over there. Don't feel that someone has disrespected you by asking you to get up and move or to get up and leave. Now, generally, this is not something that we should do. That asking somebody to get up and move somewhere else so that we can sit on their spot. Generally, this is not the proper etiquette. Right? The Prophet ﷺ said that no one should ask another person to stand from his place and then sit there. You don't have the authority to ask somebody to get up from their spot and then sit there. But you can say, make room. Make room and accommodate. You can say that. But if there is an exceptional situation, right? Like for example, there is a person, you're on the bus, somebody needs to sit down. Right? They're not able to stand. They have a health condition. Or they have a little child with them. And let's say the conductor or whoever, the bus driver requests you to please get up and let somebody else sit down. 
Yes, you have a right to your seat because you came there first. Technically you do. But if somebody asks you, makes a request, إِذَا قِيلًا شُوزُ Then what should you do? Don't choose The believer who is compliant, right? Who's not stubborn, who's accommodating, who's considerate of others. So when you're asked, arise, then arise. Don't get offended over there. The Prophet ﷺ said that a person is most deserving of sitting in his seat. Even if he got up from it and returned, he is still more deserving of it. So for example, you're standing in the masjid, first row, or let's say you're standing in the second row, alright, and you have your eyes open, waiting for somebody to break their wudu and go, so that you can take their spot. So let's say somebody has to go, alright, then please don't take their spot. Unless of course salah is starting, then you have to fill in the gap. However, you know, if it's, let's say it's a break, and they move a little bit, and their bag is still there, their water bottle is still there, don't just move it off to the side and take their spot. That's not fair. Because the Prophet ﷺ said that the person who sat there first has most right to sit there. Even if he returned, if he went and he returned. He has a right to it. So respect that. And then we see that the third thing Allah mentions over here is that يَرْفَعِ اللَّهُ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا مِنْكُمْ Allah will elevate those who believe among you. وَالَّذِينَ أُوتُوا الْعِلْمِ And those who were given knowledge. Darajatin in ranks. Because if we're asked to make space for others, or, or we're asked to move, to get up and leave, then we feel offended over there. We feel disrespected. While this is not the standard of respect and disrespect, where you sit and how long you sit there for, this is not a measure of respect. What is the measure of respect near Allah? It is iman and ilm. Allah raises the status of who? Those who have iman and those who are given knowledge, then they are worthy of respect near Allah. Wallahu bima ta'amaluna khabir, and Allah is of whatever you do fully aware. He's fully aware of who is deserving of respect and who is not deserving of respect. So the third thing that we are taught over here is that do not feel arrogant. Realize that Allah is the one who gives honor. Allah gives honor. And who is it that He gives honor to? People of iman and people of ilm. So if you really want to be honorable, then don't think that you have to sit in a certain seat. What you need to do is strengthen your iman and grow your knowledge and Allah will bring honor to you. The Prophet ﷺ said that when one of you goes to a gathering and space is made for him, then he should sit there. If you go somewhere and people make space for you, then sit there. Because it is something that Allah has honored him with. This is an honor for him from Allah and from his Muslim brother. So accept it. And if space is not made for him, then he should look where there is space and he should sit there. Meaning he should not feel disrespected over there and get upset with people and get angry with people that why aren't you making space for me and start crying in your heart. No, don't feel like that. If people make space for you, they treated you with honor and respect, good alhamdulillah. And if they didn't make space for you, don't feel disrespected over there. Because Allah gives honor. To who? To those who have iman and to those who are given knowledge. And this is the ayah that is used to show the status of ilm. The importance of ilm. 
that Allah will elevate people of knowledge and iman in this world and in the hereafter. And this also teaches us that when somebody of iman and ilm comes, then if Allah honors them, what should we do? What should we do? We should also honor them. Right? We should also honor them. So for example, you know that someone has memorized the Qur'an. You know that someone is a serious student of knowledge. Right? You know that. Then what should you do? Make space for them. Treat them with respect. Instead of thinking, oh, it's, you know, it's a world of equality. And you know what? If they really needed to sit in the front, they should have come first. No. We must show respect to others. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will also honor us. And you see, uh, this also teaches us that, uh, you know, a person of iman, a person of ilm, they must be respected. And besides that, there are other reasons also why people should be respected. Like for instance, their age. Or the relationship that you have with them. So for example, if your grandmother comes in, right? Or if your mother-in-law comes in, or your father-in-law comes in, your parents come in, your uncle or your aunt, then no matter what has happened, whatever argument has happened, or, or whatever bad feelings are there, because of that relationship, and the age difference, and the fact that they're older than you, so they were Muslim before you, they have prayed more salah than you, respect them. You understand? Respect them, and make space for them, and show them honor. Allah says, يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا O you who have believed, إِذَا تَنَاجَيْتُمُ rasul, When you wish to do najwa with the Messenger, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, you wish to have a private conversation with the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. There is a personal matter which you wish to discuss with him privately. I mean, who wouldn't want to do that? Even if you didn't have an issue, you would come up with an issue just to have some time, Right? With the Prophet ﷺ. Allah says, إِذَا تَنَاجَيْتُمُ الرَّسُولِ Then what do you have to do? فَقَدِّمُوا Then you must present, you must send ahead, meaning give before the private conversation, بَيْنَ يَدَيْنَ جُوَاكُمْ Before your najwa, what do you have to give? صَدَقَةً Charity. You must give charity before you have a private discussion with the Prophet ﷺ. This doesn't mean that charity is going to go to the Prophet ﷺ. Not at all. You know why? Why? Exactly. Because the Prophets of Allah do not take charity. Charity is not to be given to them. Charity in the Muslim community goes to who? To the poor and the needy. And not just that, but to causes which will be of benefit to the entire community. Right? So you wish to take the time of the Prophet ﷺ. Then what do you have to do? You have to give to the community. Why? Because when you take the time of the Prophet ﷺ, you are keeping him away from what? From being there for the community. You're taking from the right of the community. And when you're doing that, you must make up for it. You must pay for it. بَيْنَ يَدَيْنَ جُوَاكُمْ You must give sadaqah. ذَلِكَ خَيْرٌ لَكُمْ وَأَطْهَرٌ That is better for you 
and it is purer. Better for you and purer. How is it better for you? Because when you will give sadaqah, you are performing a good deed. Right? There was a problem you wish to discuss with the Prophet ﷺ. By giving sadaqah, what are you doing? You're increasing the chances of your problem going away. Of ease being created for you. You see, many times what happens is that when we have an issue, what do we want? We want to discuss it with a very important person. Right? It's amazing. People will ask me things like, do you know how I can speak to such and such shaykh? Why? Because I have an issue. Good, you want to discuss with them, but I don't have their personal contact. And even if I did, why would I share that? Because that's not what they do. Right? If you wish to have a proper discussion concerning your family situation, then go to a marriage therapist. Go to a family counselor. Right? Or go to someone who offers these services. So, the thing is that we think the solution to our problems comes from where? From talking to important people. But what did we learn at the beginning of the surah? The solution to our problems comes from who? From Allah. So you know what? Give sadaqah. Give sadaqah, draw closer to Allah, so that your matters will be made easy for you. Ease will be created for you. It is khairul lakum wa athar. It is purer for you. Because charity... On the one hand, where it brings reward to a person, so it is khayr, it is good for him. On the other hand, it is also a means of removing one's sins. So it will purify you. And when you are earning a good deed, and you are getting rid of your sins, you're drawing closer to Allah, and hopefully with this effort, what will happen? Your problems will be made easy for you. فَإِن لَمْ تَجِدُوا Then if you are not able to find, meaning you're not able to find the means to give charity. And there were sahaba who didn't have the money to give in charity. If you're not able to do that, فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ غَفُورٌ رَحِيمٌ Then indeed Allah is forgiving and merciful. Meaning, if you were to have a private consultation with the Prophet ﷺ and you didn't give charity because you couldn't afford to do that, then you haven't incurred any sin. This is not sinful. Alright? Now, Everyone wanted private time with the Prophet ﷺ. Who wouldn't? Now, many times it happens that people come and they talk to imams or people of knowledge and they discuss their issues with them. And how much time do they take? You think 15 minutes, 20 minutes? Sometimes hours. Sometimes the problems continue for weeks. And sometimes these issues continue for months. Right? There are meetings. Then there are Phone calls, then there are text messages, then there are emails, right? And a lot of time goes into this. I've seen this. My father, he's, mashallah, a very good family counselor. Many people that come to him for advice. So I remember when he was here in Canada, honestly, sometimes he would be talking to, you know, families with their concerning their problems until 12 in the night. Really. After midnight even. Until so late. And then not just once, but multiple times. So the thing is that when you are talking to someone about your situation, right, and you want help from them, you are preventing them from their work. You are preventing them from being with their family. You are preventing them from fulfilling their obligations, etc., etc. Right? So especially when that person has a major role in the community, then remember you are taking time, you are affecting the community. 
So this is why you must give sadaqah. Right? And then what happens is that many times people will come to the imam and they will talk to them. And then you know what they'll do? They won't even follow the advice. They won't even follow the advice. And this is so annoying. That you came to me, ate my head for like five hours, and I researched and I discussed and I, you know, did so much to kind of present you a solution. And when I offer it to you, you just go away saying that you're not in need of it. You're fatwa shopping, discussing with one imam and then another imam and then another imam, wasting everyone's time. And so, when, let's say, an imam or a scholar or somebody, they charge for this, then people get offended. How could you charge for offering Islamic advice? You know, that shaykh, if you wish to take your family issue to them, they will charge you this much money per hour. You know what? They should charge double, triple that. So that you take their advice seriously. We need to take their advice seriously. Right? So, I mean, think about it. Typical marriage counselors and, and therapists and how much does it cost? A lot of money. Doesn't it? And many times people will not pay for it and they will say, you know what, we'll live with our problems and then they'll end up in divorce. I read this tweet by a Maghrib Institute, a class on marriage was happening and they said that people don't want to pay for marriage counseling because they say it's expensive. Well, divorce is also expensive. Isn't it? It's more expensive. Very expensive. So anyway, here the Sahaba were taught that they must give sadaqah before consulting the Prophet ﷺ privately. Right? Time is money. So value other people's time. You have to pay for it. And pay the community. You must give some sadaqah. Alright? Now the purpose of this was to teach and discipline the people. That if you really want his advice and time and you're serious about your issues, then pay for it. Because when you have to pay for something, then you take it seriously. Now what happened when this ayah was revealed, the sahaba got worried. They thought it wasn't really liked by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that they should go and have private discussions with the Prophet ﷺ. So you know who came forward to have a private discussion with the Prophet ﷺ? Nobody. Except for Ali radiallahu anhu. So Ali radiallahu anhu, he had something to discuss with the Prophet ﷺ. He gave some sadaqah and then he went and conversed with him privately. Then what happened? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala abrogated this command. In the following verse. Allah says, أَأَشْفَقْتُمْ أَأَشْفَقْتُمْ Were you afraid? Were you afraid and tuqaddimu that you present before bayna yaday najwakum before your najwa sadaqat charities? Were you afraid of doing that? What was the fear? Either fear of poverty or it was that perhaps it is something wrong. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not like that. So they refrained from doing this. Aashfaqtum, were you afraid? So it is as if the sahaba are being told there is no need to be afraid over here. And you see generally also what happens. As long as something is free, we'll take it. But as soon as we have to pay for it, we're like, hmm, I changed my mind. I'll figure something else out. Are you afraid to pay? Are you afraid to give in charity? Are you afraid to contribute to a good cause? What's the fear over here? أَأَشْفَقْتُمْ أَن تُقَدِّمُوا بَيْنَ يَدَيْنَ جُوَاكُمْ صَدَقَاتِ There's no need to be afraid. فَإِذْ لَمْ تَفْعَلُوا then when you do not do, 
Meaning, when none of you dare to give sadaqah and then talk to the Prophet ﷺ privately, you didn't do it. And Allah has forgiven you. And what is meant by this is that He has abrogated this command. Then what should you do? فَأَقِيمُ الصَّلَاةَ Then establish the prayer. وَآتُ الزَّكَاةَ And give the zakah. وَأَطِيعُ اللَّهَ وَرَسُولَهُ And obey Allah and His Messenger. Meaning, now continue with what Allah has already ordered you. Yes, it is not a condition for you to give sadaqah before a private conversation with the Messenger, sallallahu alaihi wasallam. However, other obligations that Allah has given you, continue to observe them well. وَاللَّهُ خَبِيرٌ بِمَا تَعْمَلُونَ And Allah is acquainted with what you do. So this verse abrogates the previous. Alright? But it certainly teaches us some very important lessons. You see the hikmah in abrogation? Right? In naskh. So firstly, it teaches us that we must value the time of the Prophet ﷺ. And from that, we must value the time of people who are in a position of authority and, and leadership. Many times it happens that, you know, somebody's there for a particular work or a session, and what happens? People keep asking them one question after the other, after the other, after the other. You know, sometimes I'm amazed at how, I don't know if you remember that once Sheikh Walid was here for a session, and after his session, you know, such a long line, people are asking him and asking, it was past 10 o'clock, right? Past 10 o'clock. And he was standing, and people were asking him questions, and he's patiently answering them one after the other after the other. I saw somebody who went up to the sheikh. They were at the end of the line. And as soon as they got there, they just offered him some snack and they left. They didn't ask the question. I said, well, I'll ask another time. You know, have some rahmah. Right? Be considerate. You see how we're being taught, be considerate over and over again in different ways. Be considerate of their time. Be considerate of their health. Be considerate of their break. Right? You know, this doesn't mean that we should not ask them. We should ask them. They will always make themselves available. But when they do give us an answer, then we must any respect that answer. Right? Because many times it happens that, you know, people will come and say, oh, that sheikh said this, and that sheikh said that, and so and so said this. You took five minutes from them, and ten minutes from the other one, and fifteen minutes from the other one. And now what are you going to do? You're going to do something that you wish to do. You're going to ignore what the shiyukh told you and you're going to do whatever you feel like doing. Why did you waste their time? If you weren't going to follow their advice, then you know what? Don't come and ask them. If you weren't going to take their advice seriously, then please don't waste their time. So this teaches us the importance of respecting other people's time. Respect your time and respect other people's time. Another important lesson it teaches us is that, again, private conversations, even if you have to do them with the Prophet ﷺ, you have to consult him privately for something, then you have to pay for it. Give sadaqah before it. Right? And if you want to talk to him openly about something, go ahead. That's fine. So the fact that something is being put as a condition for a najwa, what does it mean? A najwa, again, is not something that is always welcome. Or always praiseworthy. It's disliked. Let's listen to the recitation of these verses. Ya ayyuhalladhina amanu Iza qila lakum tafassahu fil majalisi Fafsahu yafsahillahu lakum 
وَإِذَا قِيلَ انشُزُوا فَانشُزُوا يَرْفَعِ اللَّهُ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا مِنكُمْ وَالَّذِينَ أُوتُوا الْعِلْمَ دَرَجَاتٍ وَاللَّهُ بِمَا تَعْمَلُونَ خَبِيرٌ يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا إِذَا نَاجَيْتُمُ الرَّسُولَ فَقَدِّمُوا بَيْنَ يَدَيْنَ جَوَاكُمْ صَدَقَةً ذَلِكَ خَيْرٌ لَكُمْ وَأَطْهَرُ فَإِنْ لَمْ تَجِدُوا فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ غَفُورٌ رَّحِيمٌ أَأَشْفَقْتُمْ أَن تُقَدِّمُوا بَيْنَ يَدَيْنَ جَوَاكُمْ صَدَقَاتٍ فَإِذْ لَمْ تَفْعَلُوا وَتَابَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْكُمْ فَأَقِيمُوا الصَّلَاةَ وَآتُوا الزَّكَاةَ وَأَطِيعُوا اللَّهَ وَرَسُولَهُ والله خبير بما تعملون